thank you for joining me on another episode of the Music Reviewer Podcast. My name is Josh, and thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, or I'm recording tonight, but uh, you might be tuning in whatever part of the day you're in right now. But um, yeah, we have another episode of our album review series. Uh, this is episode 23. The band is named uh, Stand Atlantic, and uh, this is going to be the first official pop punk band um, I reviewed on here. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about you know something that's not like indie or like R&B or rap or something. Uh, I rock in general does kind of hold a special place in my heart, but um, yeah, not too much else to say other than that on the intro. Just remember, there's a new episode of Best Orange Track of the Week for August 22nd. Uh, overall, the week uh, was pretty derivative, uh, not too much other than the Best Track of the Week that I thought was pretty great. Um and then, of course, the last album review was over the latest class animals album, uh, Dreamland. If you have not checked that out, go ahead. And uh, yeah, we will get into this review. So today's album is over Stand Atlantic's sophomore album, Pink Elephants. Um, for those of you that are new to Stand Atlantic, they're a four-piece pop punk band from Australia uh, that formed in 2012. Um I had to read up a bit on the biography. I wasn't too familiar with them, honestly. Uh, they kind of just came into my scope um, recently. I'm not that much of an avid pop punk listener, but it appears that they gained traction in the early 2010s, especially after releasing their two EPs, one that came out in 2013 and one that came out in 2015. Um, and then the band officially kind of got signed in 2017 and released uh, their breakout single, uh, Coffee at Midnight on Rude Records. Um, which gave them some positive traction, and eventually uh, their success earned them uh, a debut album and uh, signing to uh, Hopeless Records in 2018. Um, and that is quite the achievement um, just in that genre alone. Uh, they have the prominent bands uh, in pop punk and emo, which the band fits right into. Bands like All Time Low, I'm just looking on their Hopeless Records page right now. Circus Survive, Avenged Sevenfold, Bayside, um, Hands Like Houses, Neck Deep, Newfound Glory, Sum 41, uh, taping, Taking Back Sunday, Tiger's Jaw. Definitely a label you'd want to be on if you're performing in emo or pop punk or, uh, you know, this kind of uh, faction of like music in general. So in 2018, they finally released their debut album, Skinny Dipping. Um, I'd say the, al- the album was a nice introduction to the band. It featured uh, a lot of authentic pop-punk tracks that seemed to take from bands like Paramore, All-American Rejects, and various other 2000s emo pop-punk bands. Um, and I'd say one thing that's captivating about the band in general is their front woman, Bonnie Frazier, who seems to bring a lot of charisma and a lot of energy into all the tracks. And um, I'd say that is kind of a, just a great thing in general for a band to have. Uh, we, we know what that can do with bands like Paramore. Uh, and I'm not saying that uh, Haley Williams is, uh, you know, uh, equatable to Bonnie Frazier, but I, I'd say that it's refreshing to hear a band um, coming out in 2020 that is uh, still trying to hold true to the pop punk sound and uh, promote a front woman 
you know, on the forefront of music. And, uh, and also it's cool that it's an international band and that's, uh, you know, it's not an American band. Uh, I'd say the band maybe hasn't quite rose, risen to relevance uh, here in the United States, but um, I'd see, I'd say that's maybe uh, an, maybe if not this album, unfortunately I can't tour uh, right now, but uh, it could be, you know, an album cycle or two away, um, you know, it, all it really takes is just, uh, you know, a, a really popular song with a lot of traction, I think. Um, but overall, I, I figured the band was uh, quite exciting and I, it piqued my interest. So I just wanted to review this album, Pink Elephants. And what we got on Pink Elephants here is just more of the pop punk genre being explored but also manipulated with more elements of like pop and at times indie uh, so it reaches for accessibility i think which isn't a bad idea and it seems like they pull it off on a lot of their tracks um, i'd say that it's worked for various bands i think this is kind of a reoccurring thing with a lot of albums that i review uh, like hazel english uh, heinz I'm sure one other album I reviewed could be uh, in that same vein as well. Uh, but overall, I think this album is pretty decent. The album opens with opens with a energetic track uh, titled "Like That." Uh, the "It's Just Like That" hook is quite uh, captivating. I think it's a great opening track. I like the synth melodies that add nice character. Um, night it has nice transitional melodic guitar interludes in there. Um, a nice transition. Uh, that happens uh, in a pre-chorus right after the second verse uh, that utilizes vocal distortion effects. I think the vocal manipulations sometimes are a little creative and, uh, you know, make the album sometimes a little bit more dynamic on this album. Uh, I, at times I do wish I could hear more of the bass guitar, uh, but when it does come out, it, it's nice. And uh, the vocal performance is quite belty. Uh, unfortunately, when the beltiness comes out, you can hear a little bit of the processing in the vocals, and it's obvious that it happens. Uh, the drum machine elements with the light piano on this track are good as well. It's a nice opening track, like I said before. Sometimes the guitars are a little thin, but I'm pleased with the album so far on this at this point. Um, the next track um, um, is basically, uh, I didn't think it was much of a highlight, but I'd say that it was uh, interesting to say the least at times when the Beltinas came out. It sounded a lot like Chester Bennington of Linkin Park. Her vocals at times just kind of parallel other artists. It's really interesting. Like She takes, I don't know if that's intentional, the influence, but she's quite talented uh, in that respect. Um, the next track, Blurry, I'd say was a highlight. I did enjoy this track. It has some nice power pop flair to it. The drum track is groovy. Um, it kind of, the drum track kind of has like this big 80s arena rock type sound. Uh, the layered vocals on the vocal performance are quite interesting as well. Um, she kind of sounds also on this track like Vic Fuentes from um, Pierce the Bell. I'd say that comes out a little bit on here and other songs on the track. The chorus on Blurry is memorable. I like the quirky synth melody that comes through on the outro. Uh, the guitars serve the song well as well. Uh, the rhythmic guitar is swift and the lead guitar comes in in the chorus tastefully when the track just needs a little bit more groove or layers on top of it. So uh, Blurry is overall, I think, I 
think the track is good. Um, the next track, Jurassic Park, didn't have much thoughts on it. Um, I'd say this is a low point on the album. Uh, it's not bad. It kind of reminds me from like Good Charlotte or Some 41 at times. But the lyrics are just a little too juvenile. Um, but I'd say this track... Um, even though with like the like juvenile type performance on like the actual like lyrics, um, this track has more of a unique and identifiable performance from the front woman, uh, Bonnie Frazier, which I think is a good thing. The next track, Evil I Go, I did, wasn't too crazy about either. Uh, there's some cheap synth tones in the intro. It's overly playful and somewhat bubblegum, like to the point where you would could probably hear it on Radio Disney, not bad and I. Um, I like the pairing of the counter melody that mirrors the vocals in the chorus. I thought that was cool. Uh, but the verses are just a little too derivative and kind of sound like the level of cheesiness on the Jonas Brothers track again, like Radio Disney stuff. Um, the instrumental bridge on this track features some chops from the band that I appreciate, especially in the guitars. Uh, overall, the track is just a little too poppy and just doesn't kind of give the punk and the pop punk justice. Uh, wavelength, though, is uh, immediately a just a complete shift in motion. I think this is one of the better tracks on this album. It's more energetic. It has a nice anticipation on that intro. So when everything kicks into that very genty groove, the song is just going. Um, I like the finally there's more character and some contrast on this album overall. Um, there's some elements of bands like Sleeping with Sirens on here. Um, there's some demonic vocal effects that I think fit the track well. Uh, the drums here have more nuance as well compared to the rest of the album. Um, some electronic elements in that track blend in well as well. Um, the vocal manipulated technique and stutter effect in the outro isn't bad either. I, I like this song overall and the contrast it brings. Drink to Drown was uh, something that I thought was pretty cool too. It was the obvious ballad of the album. There's a nice, rich, and bright piano tone that accompanies the vocals. And I love that organic texture overall. Um, some dark lyrical content, you know, singing about issues with uh, being an alcoholic or something along that nature. Um, it has a bit of a dated aesthetic, I'd say, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I'd say it, it kind of sounds like an All-American Rejects track. Um, like uh, when All-American Rejects had like a slower track. The I Drink to Drown refrain is convincing. There's a lot of emotion um, that comes out on the vocals. The counter melody duo thing in the outro is really nice as well. I enjoy that as well. DW, uh, YW. Um, I, did, I thought this was probably the most filler track on the album, but I did enjoy the similarities to Paramore, especially in the vocal delivery. Um, the next track after that, Silk and Satin, I think is really good. Uh, it's the most experimental track on this album by far. It's down-tempo. It has trap and R&B elements. It also features like electronic elements that are used for embellishment. Um, it has a softness to it as well that evokes like an emotional response, and the vocal delivery is passionate. I do appreciate that. Um, it could be this track could be taken maybe as an indie pop track or synth pop track easily. Um, the clean the clean guitars on here sound really well as well. I like the rhythmic muffled vocal line when it comes in too. Uh, and this this is the part in the album when the album gets quite good. If the album did more of this, I think it'd be an excellent album. Um, the next track, Soap, has a playful guitar riff that structures the track. 
Um, a, and it comes in with a really synthetic sounding lead guitar tone as well. It gives me similarity to like the 1975 with like the drum performance and the guitar riff. Like I'm thinking of the song Girls um, from I think their sophomore album. I love the low end that bleeds in here on this track as well. The treble bass sounds really good. Um, I really wish this poked out in various moments on the album. Um, this track has a bright and confident chorus as well. The band sounds most mature here. Um, the bridge is very derivative of something like 2000s emo and pop punk. I'd say that. Um, but there's some nice vocal manipulations thrown in for nuance. The track overall is just a nice groove and I enjoyed it. And then Hate Me is the last closing track here on this album. I think it's probably one of the stronger ones as well. I like the energy that's in the opening guitar rift. It's convincing. Uh, it's a convincing performance, and the track is straightforward. It features nice vocal chops that are displayed that kind of has falsetto runs thrown in. I love the mellow nature and the anticipation that builds up in the pre-chorus as well. The chorus has this lovely piano melody that comes through in the chorus as well. It gives the track a nice bright color. Uh, there's a funky bass line here and there. It makes the track more interesting. The song has nice development as well. The outro extends uh, with the chorus, and it gives it another last round with more energy and more featured guitar ideas. Um, I'd say the downfall of this track, unfortunately, is the last few seconds when it has the clean guitar accompaniment and isolated vocal line. I feel like that could have been cut out, but it's forgivable. It's a great song. Um, and overall, this, is a, this album surprised me. I think this is... Um, a good sophomore album sometimes the sophomore slump, slump happens but i'd say that didn't happen i just don't know how successful span kid uh, break through um i feel like they're a band that would need touring um but uh, hopefully some strong some songs gain, gain traction some of them are also a little more pandering to a younger audience so maybe that they can pick up an audience that way um and overall i think this is a six out of ten um, I did love the last half of the album. I think if they cut out um, some of the more like overly filler or like uh, excessive over overly pandering poppy tracks, this album could have been great. Um, and I do like this album. So if you're interested in a pop punk album or rock in general, you really might like Stand Atlantic. Their front woman does stick out, and she is, I'd say, maybe a future leading um you know woman artist. Uh, you know that you can probably look to someday um and yeah glad i discovered this band if you made it all the way through thanks for listening uh that'll be the end of the review so join me later on another album review with best orange track of the week take care of yourselves and see you later